Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Cray America. I'll do one to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just entertainment, but educate, teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Cramer. <laughs> Boomtown! Yeah, that's what we're looking at. And it's happening all at once. Look at today's action. Dow gaining 27 points, S&P sinking 0.77%, and the NASDAQ plunging 2.46%. <laughs> And do you know that cadence is exactly what you'd expect going into an accelerating economy? See, the turnaround should not be a surprise to you. We knew the reopening would be a big deal. What's shocking is the way it is falling into place all at once, with analysts and buyers coming out of the woodwork, calling for the United States to have a roaring 20s moment, or even a period like the insanely positive post-World War II boom. Yes, everybody, the train is leaving the station, and it's going to go with you or without you. I want you on it. How do you board a train, moving train, to Boomtown? All right, think about what you'll do when the economy reopens. And like most Americans, your balance sheets never look better than this. Well, hey, that's what happens. You got nothing to spend on. That's how you get half of this move, the consumer side. The other half, it's about what the reopening means for business and what we do overseas. I want to start with the easiest ones, the most practical ones, the ones that are practically staring in your face. Number one, yes. And by the way, I don't care that people have heard me say this. I mean, someone, someone on Twitter said, Jim, you recommended Disney before. So why are you doing it again? You know why? Because it's good. Not long ago, Disney put together an amazing quarter led by spectacular numbers from their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. But the rest of the company, cruises, movies, theme parks, I mean, they've been eviscerated. Imagine how well they can do when we reopen. Now, maybe you're wondering how the heck I can recommend Disney if you're staggering run. Aren't you too late to the party? Not if we're in a boom. When everything comes together and we see these results, you'll be kicking yourself for failing to own this one. Yes, yes, Disney stock has surged from 121.92 with one hand tied behind its back. Think about how far it can go when it's got two arms around Disney World. Second, you want a hotel chain that's been able to get through the pandemic with a loyal staff and an untarnished brand. In other words, you want Marriott, Marriott International. Indulge me for a second. Last week, Arnie Sorensen, one of the smartest, savviest, most giving CEOs or people, I've ever met passed away. This guy's amazing. He's a great businessman, great person. Losing him is a real blow for our country. I mean, that's how much th- this, he was a big think guy. 
uh, and did so much that was good. And yet the stock didn't skip a beat. Because if we're headed for a boom, Mary's got a lot more upside. And because Arnie was careful to preserve a fine management team and a strong culture. Buy Marriott. Third, you need an incredibly well-run casino with exposure to both China, because, boy, China's coming back so fast, and Vegas. That's Win Resorts. Mike Maddox, the CEO, is a brilliant executive who I think is perfectly poised to handle the influx of new traffic. He is smart. Now, I've also been championing, of course, Penn Nat. And National Gaming for the last 100 points. And you know what? I would actually buy some more on weakness. Barstool Connection has turned this national casino company into an exciting sports book play, and that's going to be all over the country. Fourth, one day. Not yet, but fourth, because you can't even do it in New York yet. Why don't you pick an airline? Any airline. I'm going to go with Southwest, because CEO Gary Kelly is using this moment to take market share and nail down new routes. American Airlines has been a superstar, but the hideous balance sheet is a detriment for me. Uh... Let's just say that when you go with Southwest, you also get the oil patch getting better. That matters. Speaking of commercial aircraft, wasn't Boeing supposed to get obliterated today after they grounded a bunch of 777s in the wake of that high-profile engine failure? Do you know the stock spent most of the day in the green before it rolled over? Uh, But even then, it only closed down 2% because the penning boom in air travel is too good to ignore. Again, people are saying, Jim, you've mentioned Boeing before. You don't understand how I do man money. Okay, man money is about trying to be sure that everybody gets it, not just you, you saw it once, Boeing. All right. Fifth, I told you these cruises are for real. Right now, they're incredible bargains and they can be made safe, especially as more people get vaccinated. Royal Caribbean reported a ridiculously horrible quarter today, so the stock only went up 9%. They've seen a big surge in bookings. Carnival is doing a billion dollar offering tonight with Goldman Sachs. I am sure it'll be put away handily. Number six, the credit card companies can come alive thanks to what's called cross-border transactions. And here I'm talking about two real dogs, Visa and MasterCard. And they do so well for the reopening of the West. And you know what? I'm going to throw in American Express, a company that simply will not be denied. Management of American Express is very, very smart. By the way, millennials love the card. They do. They love it. Seventh, Estee Lauder. You know, and you might think this one's played out after that miraculous quarter a few weeks ago. You'd be completely wrong. Got a lot of upgrades, but people got a lot of firepower to take it even higher. These numbers were merely the beginning of the turn that CEO Fabrizio Freda has charted. One that started in China is about to spread around the world. Do not worry about the U.S. department stores. I know you're probably concerned. They're too insignificant to matter. Once we can take our masks off, this is all about getting made up, going outside, and posting it on the 5 billion snap pictures every second or Instagram, whatever you want. Hey, by the way, I mean, if it were so, uh, if, if, if I'm wrong, then what, what was Ulta doing at a 52-week high? All right? Eighth, can't ignore the endless rallying Caterpillar. Good management there. Jim Uppley. Really turned around. The last quarter was just okay. But Cat's got a ton of oil exposure, and the price of crude keeps surging thanks to better global economy and a president who's a lot less friendly to new drilling than the last guy. Less drilling, higher oil prices. Number nine, it is Nucor's time to shine. America's best steelmaker has been put through the multiple, multiple meat grinders. Not anymore. Now it's putting through multiple, multiple price increases. I think Nucor's ready to put up some staggering numbers. I've missed too much of the moving deer and Freeport to let another cyclical get away from me. I was away. I'm sorry. I was recuperating. I missed the deer. My bad. I do like it. But Nucor hasn't run yet. Rotation's not done. Patience. Now, 10 I've been telling you about the Simon properties. I went to see some of their malls. People are going to the mall again. I know that sounds crazy. I see them making a huge comeback. Why? Because the malls are now upscale. A lot of the Simon properties malls are upscale, and they're beneficiaries of the great reopening because people now have spare cash. Yes, we can still buy things on Etsy and we like Shopify, but you know, people want to spend, and the mall is a good place to spend. Look, we all know the day will come, the day when we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
We knew the reopening stocks would jump ahead of time. That's what's happening right now. You're no longer early with these names, but that doesn't mean you're late either. How about the rest of the market? All right, what do you do with everything else? Do we kick Fang to the curb? Do we spurn the fastest growers that historically underperform when the economy turns red hot? This is what you're going to have to do. And, you know, look, I read the, look, the Reddit, uh, the Wall Street bets, the hearings. I'm going to cancel something that you're not going to want to hear. But I got to do it because it's right. You're going to have to accept a level of underperformance with these other stocks, at least until the reopening trade is done. You may have to absorb some real pain. I'm not kidding. The house of pain. With these secular growth stocks, because uh, and nobody likes to get hurt. These days, when you mention that forecast is uh, pain, love, by the way, of course, Mr. T and Rocky Three, most investors say, no, thank you. It's time to ring the register. Who needs Google or Apple or Snowflake or Twilio or Roku when you get these stocks right here? Now, I say, wait a second. And by the way, Google has the most travel ads of anything, so they're going to probably do great. Wall Street is a fashion show, and we know these stocks have gone out of style, and you're hurting. I know you're hurting. I read you on Twitter. So do you dump them? I say not so fast. It, see, it's not uh, it's a false dichotomy. It's not not one or the other. The truth is growth never really does go out of style. And the best of these will come back eventually. And I'm giving you the best. When it happens, you might not be fast enough to get in. So it's hard to jump out and get back in. I say stick with it. On the other hand, you don't want to jump in front of a speeding train either. So I say pick two. Pick two that are getting the bazooka treatment. Here, I'll give you a couple you can pick. You can pick Microsoft or maybe Apple, uh, Amazon, Salesforce, ServiceNow. Pick one of those five. Okay, just go ahead. Buy it tomorrow. Leave two days between each purchase and only buy more on the way down. Why bother? Because once the return to normalcy is priced into the market, these growth stocks will become the ones to own again, and you'll now have a great basis. Here's the bottom line. It is not too late to make a big bet on the reopening stocks. But remember to sock away a couple of the better growth names on the way down, too. This rotation won't be ending anytime soon, though. But it will end, and eventually you need to be prepared for the other side of the trade. We're going to Patricia in Oregon. Patricia. Jim Kramer, booyah. Booyah. Long-time listener, first-time caller. My question is about TJ Maxx. It is, is it a sell or a hold right now with the stimulus? I read a really excellent report today on TJ Maxx. I cannot believe how well they're doing. Uh, Action Alert sold it way too soon. I'm kind of angry at myself. I think the TGX is going to be a monster good stock for the spring. You're on to something, and I thank you for that great call. And I've always loved Oregon. All right, we're looking, people, at a boom town. This is the Roaring Twenties, and I want you in. You know, do it. Oh, pick one. I'm in my turn. I'm sitting down with the CEO of Palo Alto Network, special offer support. See if the company continues to secure profits in an uncertain market that doesn't like that kind of stock for the moment. Then one of the strongest healthcare stocks so far this year has been Eli Lilly. But could the company live up to the high expectations the market has set for it? I'm going to talk to the CEO. And as worries over semiconductor shortage continue to impact stocks, I'm going to talk to one of the major players that's actually pretty much involved in this mix. It's called On Semi. They make a lot of auto chips. And i got to find out what's really going on. And so do you. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. 
With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do we do with the cybersecurity stocks now that Wall Street only has eyes for the reopening place? So myopic. Look at Palo Alto Networks, BMW. That's the best breed cybersecurity play. Stock that's roughly tripled over the past 11 months, deservedly so. Thing got hammered after the close. And, and it, was also, it was tough during the whole session. Why? Because once again, we've got to deal with the reopening trade. Now, Palo Alto itself delivered better than expected results. Their forecast merely met expectations. Perhaps that's not enough when your stock is priced for perfection. Near term, this stock might face some turbulence as part of the reopening rotation. But you know what? I think it's still worth owning a couple of growth stocks that into weakness a stock like this. Co. So let me got to ask, is Palo Alto the one to own? Let's take a closer look with Dikash Aurora. He's the chairman and CEO of Palo Alto Networks. Learn more about the quarter and what's next. Mr. Aurora, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you very much again, Jim, for having me. Okay, so Nikesh, there's a lot of chatter about forecasts, whatever. All I see is blow away recurring, the recurring numbers. I see huge billings. I see a 22% growth in the area where some people look for 18 for billings. But most importantly, next gen. I placed you after this as maybe the fastest cloud native cybersecurity company there is. Jim, I've been waiting for you to say that for two and a half years. So thank you. Uh, in terms of our results, you know, we did 22% growth in billings. And there's nuances. People are not paying attention to the nuance. I said in our earnings call that over the, over the course of the pandemic, we have the companies that are doing really well, and we have companies which are hurting because the consumers are not there. What's happened is we've been extending billing terms to those companies. And I said, if you look like for like, our growth have been 24 25% on billing, but you've got 22% because we're letting people pay on an annualized basis. That's why our revenue grew at 25%. Two years ago when we were talking, our expectations of revenue on the street were 18 to 19%. We grew 25%. And we beat our earnings by 36 cents over last year. And you know, for the year, you raised it big. 
Uh, it is very clear to me that the model uh, that you have is ideal for the hybrid, which we know, and you were the first to call it in your amazing blog, is the way of the future. It didn't change. You predicted it. A lot of people felt we're either going to go one place or the other. Hybrid means on-prem. Hybrid means cloud. You got the fastest growing of both. That is what people need if they're going to be enterprise protected from things like SolarWinds. Well, Jim, one of the things which has been a wake-up call for our industry has been solar, solar winds, right? What happened is we launched this product where we gave everybody the capability to do an assessment. We had 1,000 customers reach out to us within the span of weeks saying, come, take a look at my infrastructure and tell me I'm secure. We're giving this free service. We have 500 customers we've looked through, and there's a reasonable number of them impacted by the solar winds event. So I think solar winds is going to have sustained tailwinds for the industry going forward, and we're going to have to rethink how we do cybersecurity in this country and how we do cybersecurity in every enterprise. To your point about the future, I don't believe everybody is going to the cloud. I think we're going to end up in a hybrid scenario because wholesale movement to the cloud is expensive. We're going to see people go to the cloud for real-time stuff, for stuff that needs instant access. We'll still see a bunch of data centers around. And you need to be able to protect them with one consistent fabric across on-prem and across the cloud. We spent two and a half years building that consistent capability across both sides. And to your point, we aspire to have a billion one five next generation security ARR by the end of this year, which in our minds is the fastest growing cloud or next generation security company in the world. So when you buy something like uh, Bridge Crew announced last week, is that particularly in mind for what's been going on with, with Solar Wind, or, or is that just something you just feel like you have to continue to add in order to have a great suite? So Jim, you know, a few quarters ago we talked about acquiring Cripsis. Guess what? Right. Cripsis are the people in our team who are going out there and helping our customers. We talked about acquiring Expanse. Expanse is a company that you can look from the outside in to see whether you have exposed assets to the outside or not. So in a way, it's like we've been lucky. Uh, we found the right businesses to go partner with uh, earlier in, in the year. And with Bridge Crew, we're making a different bet. Jim, when we went down this cloud journey, I spent 10 years at Google. I was there when Google Cloud was $400 million of revenue, and people were saying, what is this cloud thing? Right. 10 years from now, from then, look, cloud is one of the biggest movements in technology. We made four bets. First, we started betting that people were going to the cloud. We bought a cloud company. Next bet, we made it saying, people are not going to end up with one cloud. They're going to end up in multiple clouds. They'll be on AWS, GCP, Azure. It's coming true. People are buying capabilities across all clouds. Now we're making a bet, Jim, that you've got to protect people when they're protecting. You've got to make sure the developers and they write the applications are putting security in there. Because if by the time they give that application to production, people go around and say, you have a security problem, you make the developers mad. So Bridge Crews figured out that you've got to start looking for security as you start doing development. They have a free piece of software, which the developers can run. When you run it for free, which now we will provide, then when you get into production, you will not find a security bug where we will sell enterprise software. This is kind of the model for open source that's been in the open source industry for a while. We're embracing it for security. I think that's going to be the next big shift in cloud security. We want to be ahead of it. So what happens if we, uh, let's say we get the pandemic through, so more people come back to the central office, will it be uh, something that Palo Alto is ready for? I mean, because I do believe that there will be maybe two, three days a week you go into the office and two, three days you stay home. Is that what it's going to look like? Well, Jim, you and I have talked about flexible working, and we think the, the magic answer is going to be two and a half to three days in the office, right. one or two days not in the office. We just have to make sure people choose similar days to be in the office because the whole point of coming to the office is collaboration. What we have seen, one of the biggest drivers in this quarter, and I think for the next few years, is going to be network transformation changes in addition to the cloud. So today, people, you know, when you were working from home in the past, you could say, oh, if I can't access it at home, let me go to the office tomorrow, I'll go take care of it. 
you don't have that choice anymore. You got to make sure everything works in your home. Right. So we've seen the biggest take up in our security capability in the remote workforce. And that remote workforce capability, we just announced phenomenal enhancements on Prisma Access 2.0. We're seeing the biggest usage there. We announced our biggest deal this quarter where you know, hundreds of thousands of employees and a certain customer, to your point, we're protecting them across the hybrid, in their data center, on their campus, in their homes, on a consistent fabric that we are going to deliver to them. So, yes, we're ready. I think we are going to live in a hybrid world, both in technology on the cloud and on-prem, mm-hmm. and we're going to live in a hybrid world, both in the office and, in, and at home. Well, look, congratulations. Uh, look, I care about billings, care about deferred, but uh, this next gen, it, it, it's really unbelievable that you built a company, cloud native company that's growing faster than everybody that people do like very, very much. I can tell that from the orders. Nikesh Aurora, Chairman and CEO of Palo Alto Networks. Congratulations, sir. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, money's back in. Coming up, an American pharma titan becoming a beacon of hope for those affected by Alzheimer's. And now, COVID. Kramer digs into the latest developments with the CEO. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. So far, 2021 has been a good time for select drug stocks, especially Kramer, Fave, Eli, Lilly, which is up 19% year to date. Last month, Lilly reported a terrific quarter. More important, they gave us some very strong phase two data on their Alzheimer's drug candidate. Alzheimer's is a scourge that afflicts tens of millions of people. But for the moment, there's not much we can do, if anything. And that's why this could be a serious game changer. On top of that, Lily's got a COVID antibody treatment that's already selling uh, incredibly well with more in the works. The data here looks pretty good, although the formulation may not be as effective against some of the new strains. We know that kind of thing. Then last week, Lily gave us some excellent phase three data on their cholesterol weight loss drug for people with type 2 diabetes, which is a huge problem. No wonder the stock's been on a roll, even if it's pulled back over the last few weeks. Opportunity? I think so. Let's check in with Dave Ricks. He's the chairman and CEO of Eli Lilly. Get a better sense of where his company's headed. Mr. Ricks, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be with you, Jim. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling much better. Thank you for asking, Dave. Thank you. I really Good. appreciate that. Okay, so on March 15th, you will reveal some results, but you already have a small sample about something that I thought you've worked for 30 years on that's just impossible. Everyone's given up. Major drug companies away from giving up. The possibility of reducing plaque and making it so that Alzheimer's is not basically the end of a life sentence. How do you feel about how things are going here? Because, Dave, this is as big as it gets, maybe the biggest. Well, Jim, we're pretty excited about this data from a drug called Denonimab. We announced that right as the year started. And as you're pointing out, on, uh, in mid-March, we'll release the data and have an investor call. 
Um, we've been waiting for 30 years and we spent uh, billions of dollars looking for something that could change the course and the progression of Alzheimer's. Uh, donutumab rapidly eradicates plaque faster than anything else we've tested or we've seen others test. And it was always uh, wondered, well, if eliminating the plaque, could that translate into better patient outcomes? And we announced that uh, this drug slowed the progression of the disease by 32% in patients with early Alzheimer's. That's super promising. Now we're gonna replicate the study with another study. And um, you know, the main thing though is we've been working on this for a while. We see a path now to have a disease-modifying drug in Alzheimer's. And that's, as you're saying, a, a huge, um, huge breakthrough for patients, so many people who suffer from this condition. Uh, two things that, that I uh, really appreciated what you're doing here. One is that, hey, you get rid of the plaque and then you stop taking the drug, which we both know is the right, right. thing to do. It's not a maintenance drug. It's a, it's a drug that gets right at it. But then the second thing, Dave, is my, my sense was, and I know this is a little selfish, but can I start taking the drug? Can I start taking it ahead? Because I don't want a plaque buildup. Exactly. Well, as you point out, this drug is unique. It, it removes plaque so quickly, it's unlikely, it's the first drug we know of, where you, you won't need to take it for the duration of these studies, which is 18 months. It'll be less. So, and likely, uh, you won't need to take it again in your life. Uh, it's a one-time treatment because plaque builds up over the course of two decades or so. Everyone wants to know the answer to the question you're asking, including most of the thought leaders in the world, which is, well, if it works in early Alzheimer's, can it work even better if we give it before symptoms? Those studies can be trickier to do, although a one-time drug like this, um, which you take over a short course, is certainly better than taking a drug for the rest of your life. Um, those studies, I'm sure, we'll be doing uh, with experts um, as we um, look at the data coming out here in March and get to the next steps in the life cycle. Why have so many people failed? And are you concerned that there have been some small samples of other companies that have tried, and then when right. things got bigger, they failed? Uh, the goalposts moved, something occurred. Uh, do you feel more confident? We do. And, uh, you know, you mentioned some companies. I mean, our company, we've had, right. I think, three uh, failures in late phase studies. And each time, though, this is an example where, you know, Jim, you covered the COVID miracle of a vaccine right. inside of your own therapeutics inside of your. This is like the opposite, where how most drug development works, which you circle the problem slowly, making changes to how we design the studies, the patients we look at, our understanding of the disease, and of course, the drugs. So here we tested in a very carefully selected population, not using what doctors notice as your symptoms, but using what the PET scan counts in terms of protein accumulated in your brain. That's an innovation. And then on top of that, a drug that rapidly decreases plaque enough to show a difference in an 18-month study. Well, so uh, um, we've, been, we've been working toward this moment through failure. That's how science usually works. It seems fast coming out of COVID, but usually it's slow. And that's, that's the case here. But we're confident in these results, having looked at so many failed studies. I, I want to pressure a little on this. Uh, for those of us who have relatives that had Alzheimer's, we saw uh, the cognition go away. We saw they stop recognizing us. Uh, we saw them doing things that were erratic, and then we saw them do nothing. Um, yeah. Is there a stage where you could be erratic and then come back and be not erratic? We're not seeing that in this study so far. We didn't actually try to answer that question, but I don't think that's very likely. What we think now is it's a two-phase disease, that this amyloid plaque accumulates starting you know, in our 60s, maybe, for 20 years or so. And then that triggers a cascade where another protein called tau um, starts interfering with the way your nerves work in your brain. Tau matches closely the symptoms, but once you have it, it's unlikely removing all the amyloid 
is going to reverse that course. So okay. that's why we studied early patients in this study, and we want to go even earlier to your first question. Separately, we're working on a tau antibody, another drug that will attack the tau, the second factor in Alzheimer's, and those data actually are coming out uh, toward the end of this year. I, I have to tell people watching, you understand how important this is. Anyone else would have given up on this, okay? There were yeah. three chances to give up, and David Bricks did not give up. Now, let's talk about the Regeneron antibody treatment. Doing some great things. You do have, a, a, for, for Regeneron, good thing for Lilly. Regeneron seems to right now have the edge on some of these variants. Are you working on, say, a South African variant and your cocktail? We are, yeah. So Regeneron, I mean, we're not really competing here. We're competing right. against the virus. So I wish them all the best. We launched a monotherapy because we, the challenge here we thought was getting enough material, uh, getting enough drugs so people could take it en masse. And to date, uh, globally, but, you know, we've shipped quite a bit of drug uh, compared to others. But we're happy they developed the combo. We have a combo now as well, which works against most variants. Importantly, both uh, our monotherapy and the combo data we announced just here uh, a few weeks ago work against this UK variant, the B117, which is what's coming here, well, it's already here, what's going to be the virus we're dealing with inside of a month. So we have the tools to arrest that. Now, people are worried about Brazil and South Africa growing. Right now, there's little spots of that in the U.S., but it's not clear it's growing very fast. We also have a program against that. Uh, It's an earlier stage, and we'll likely develop that along as well. Um, It's not a scientifically difficult problem. We need to uh, work on compressing the timeline, though, so you can make enough to be relevant when that strain grows, if it grows. Overall, though, I'm an optimist that, that actually the UK variant strain will be the one we have to deal with next, mm-hmm. and that by the, the time that's over, we'll have enough infected and vaccinated people to have a much more contained um, concern when it comes to these other variants. Okay, let's talk about something that, that I've been actively involved with that you know. I'm the uh, chief spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation. You yes. have an unbelievable yeah. drug, Mgala. Yeah. It's an unbelievable drug. And it, it's accessible. It, there are a billion people who have migraine worldwide. We've got 30 million in this country. Uh, overrepresented minority, overrepresented women. This drug is, this class of medicine and this drug and the one you have has got issues with insurance, non-formulary, docs not willing to, to, to prescribe it. What do we do about this? This is a wonder drug and it's giving people's lives back. Yours is the best and we can't get it to people? What is happening here? Well, we, we actually have pretty good insurance coverage now, Jim. I think the biggest issue, well, during the pandemic, people stopped going to their doctor for right. migraine. So right. we want to encourage people, it's a real disease. It can be addressed with chronic therapy, like you're talking about. We have one of the drugs, there's others too, um, and they're really effective. They cut the number of migraines in half in our studies, uh, Mgality does, um, which really can be transformational when you're having eight to 10 migraines a month or more. Um, the real thing is habit uh, of physicians and, and patients saying, I don't take this when I have the migraine, I take it once a month to prevent the migraines. And that's a new paradigm. Frankly, we launched, we had a good first year, the pandemic hit, it slowed things down because people stopped uh, working on this condition. We just need to raise awareness and get our teams out there talking to primary care doctors so they can treat more folks. As you're saying, it's a, it's a major problem and a major problem for working women and minority groups. Uh, we want to work with the society you lead and, and others to raise that awareness. All right, we'll get that done. You and I will get that done. Surpass program data. For uh, this is an amazing one. Any other tea, any other drug company? We just be talking about this body weight for adults with type two diabetes. This is a, a terrible condition, and you've got something for it. Yeah, terzepatide, next generation, what we call incretin or GLP therapy. It's a once a week injectable if you have type two diabetes, and this program has 
it really shown two amazing things. First, at the highest dose in one of these studies, 60% of the people, a majority of people, um, and that's been consistent across the other studies, had their HbA1c, the measure of your diabetes, drop below normal, meaning it normalized the condition. And that's fantastic news. You have to take the drug to stay there, but that just shows the power of this medicine. And at the same time, people lost weight. Uh, again, in one of these studies, a lot of weight, 28 pounds in one year. Um, wow. And that's a, that's a significant um, shift in not only their lifestyle, but how the disease uh, works and probably the long-term effects of it. So we need to study the drug more. We've got a head-to-head -head study against a, another medicine in this class coming up, along with another longer-term study this summer. Then we'll submit that uh, hopefully later this year, early next year to the FDA. That's extraordinary. Now, you, you sound optimistic on many things. I have to tell you, people are watching right now and thinking, the pandemic, where are we, where are we? We've got a frontline yeah. pandemic guy. Dave, you do sound like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I feel that way. Look, science uh, stood up and worked here. And I think we a lot of things didn't work. Mask wearing, you've been a champion of that. It's been hard. Um, and we're all getting fatigued. But the drugs we have now work extremely well. Um, so we, we see the hospitalizations dropping. And vaccination will work. We all just need to encourage everyone we know uh, to get vaccinated because it not only protects yourself, it protects others. That's an important message. And to my knowledge, there isn't a single death in any of these vaccination studies when people receive the vaccine. That's incredible. Um, that's the path out. And I believe by April, we'll have more vaccine dosages than people wanting to get vaccinated. So we need workplaces, uh, media, everybody to promote the benefits of universal vaccination. If we do that, I think by summertime, um, this thing is going to be uh, more in the rearview mirror than, than we think right now. And we can get back to normal. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you're doing on so many different fronts. Dave Ricks, Chairman CEO of Eli Lilly, the halcyon days, the golden days of Eli Lilly. Right now. Thank you, Dave. Good to see you. Thanks, Jim. Great to see you. Bye-bye. Man, money's back after the break. How is the chip shortage that's halting global manufacturing benefiting semiconductor companies? One CEO shares how the dilemma has helped the company's top and bottom line. Next. The hottest tech stocks got hit again today. This is your chance to buy the ones that are plugged into unstoppable long-term themes, provided you're willing to take a little pain. Themes like the semiconductor shortage. Take on semiconductor, which makes power management and signal amplification chips for all sorts of end markets, autos, communication, industrial, consumer, computing. Three weeks ago, on semi reported a fantastic quarter, and the stock's up 250% in the last 11 months. But you know what? I think they could do even better. You know why? Because in December, on semi brought in new CEO Hussein El Khoury. Remember him from Cypress Semi? Saved that one. And then he sold it to Infinium for nearly 50% premium last year. Now he's got a plan to turn on semi into a leaner, meaner operation. And given how well the business is already doing, I think this one's got a lot of potential. Don't take it from me. Let's dig in with Hussein El Khoury, the president and CEO of On Semiconductor, find out what he's got in store for us. Mr. El Khoury, welcome back to Man Money. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I, I don't know which side to start on. I can start on the margin side because I know you're an expert at that. But I think we actually have to start on the demand side because it's unprecedented. And a lot of people worried about the economy. I'm not because I've read what you have to say. It looks like that every single one of your end markets is strong. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, driven primarily by the automotive industry, uh, we're very well positioned. You know, it's, again, a content story for us. So the more cars they make, we duplicate more and more the, the content. So we're not just going to grow at market. We're going to grow above market. Same with industrial. Same really across, across the strength in every single one of our end market, which is, which is a great place to be, especially with the breadth of the product that we provide in each one of those. 
we are seeing uh, really a renaissance of the industrial stocks right now. And it's been going on for several weeks. What is the what's behind the strength in industrial from what you can see? You know, you have, it's, a, it's a very broad strength. But if I were to focus on a little bit of the submarkets and the industrial, you have factory automation, which is driven a lot by, by the demand in the other sectors as well. Uh, but very important also is uh, the environmental uh, side. You know, a lot of the uh, renewable energy uh, companies are putting more and more R&D. We play in those with our power uh, management and our power controllers. So we are very well positioned, not just for today, but you hear a lot of talk about uh, uh, those segments growing, especially with the new administration. So we're just going to be participating and exceeding that market growth as well. Okay, let's talk about autos. Uh, I've been speaking to Mary Barra. I'm speaking to Jim GM, speaking to Jim Farley Ford. Obviously, they're 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 not going to make their numbers, and they're not going to make their numbers because of certain chips. But it tends not to be the higher end chips. Where is this shortage coming from, and what can you do to help these great American companies? Look, the, there are hot spots in, in the industry where there's two shortages because of capacity. But none of that, really, when we talk about shortage, it's the velocity by which the demand came on. You know, in a semiconductor, you have a latency between when you get the order to when you can uh, ship it as a finished good. The orders came on so strong that we're not able to keep up. Uh, but we do have the capacity, especially for, uh, for on. For our chips, we're able to support the capacity. Uh, we started to the new demand, and we're going to be through this in uh, one or two quarters. Uh, that's what we're able to do. Now, of course, we do have some products that, that uh, are uh, being used by automakers, and we are directing some customers who may not use our products that we do have some capacity that we can give them in case they are uh, seeing shortages everywhere else. And that's going to yet increase our, uh, our growth in the outer quarters. Oh, that's terrific. Now, as if I were a shareholder, I, I would be torn here. Um, and the reason why is this. I want you... To make as much money as possible for me, which means the fab lighter, fab lighter, not fab light, fab lighter, uh, mean style that I know you put through, which is fantastic because I saw it happen in Cyprus when nobody wanted it and you did and you fixed it. At the same time, obviously, as a patriot, I want to make sure that uh, we get the chips we need in this country and we don't fall prey to other countries that could be squeezed by China. So what do you tell people about how you can kind of straddle both sides? Look, we, we have done a lot of investments in the company in order to have North American manufactured. You know, we're in the process of acquiring a 300 millimeter fab uh, in North America. That's going to drive a lot of our growth. Those are high-end fabs with a lot of capitals and a lot of jobs here. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't consolidate and run our operations better. We do have a worldwide footprint that we are able to work with in order to consolidate and put more strength into our manufacturing. And that's why on the call, I really was very specific about saying not fab light or fabless, it is fab lighter because we do foresee that we will keep a manufacturing footprint because that's part of our competitive advantage. But just like you mentioned, we saw at Cyprus, we're going to run it much better because that is an asset that is able to generate a competitive advantage for us. But we have to run it uh, lean and mean, and that's what we're going to do. You think there can be, even though it's a very well-run company, some substantial gross margin improvement at one semi? Uh, absolutely. Really? I have no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Then I'm just this, getting started. <laughs> then this stock, which has already been unbelievable after a really long period of dormancy, 
could go much, much higher. Well, look, I believe in you. You remember, come on, when Cyprus was at 14, I said, this guy's got it. No one wanted it. You got it. You made a fortune for people. That's, that's a saying, El Corey, president and CEO of One Semi. You know I'm a believer, sir. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, money's back after the break. Coming up. It is time. Kramer takes your calls. Rapid fire. The lightning round is next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. What is that? That's about wrong. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski down. Time for the lightning round. I want to start with Rachel. Raquel in California. Raquel. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the stock I've had my eye on called Umbrella. Ticker symbol AMBA. It's made a nice comeback. Uh, it's video It's video compression. I never thought that they could make the comeback, and I think that you're okay in it. Uh, wow. Hey, it's done quite well. Let's go to... Um, wow. How about Garrison in Nebraska, Garrison? Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Oh, the chill man in the house. What's up? Hey, uh, we've seen some weakness in Dollar General over these past few months. Do you think it's a buy at these levels? Yes, I do. I think particularly if we do get the stimulus checks, I understand it's rolling over a little bit. A lot of people worry about retail there, and I think it's a great opportunity. Let's go to Dan in Georgia. Dan. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. My stock is, is Quidel Corporation. Yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah. I mean, now I'm going to go no on Quidel. There, there were so many opportunities for this company to do so much. For shareholders, let, let me have them on to see what they're saying. But I, I just, no, I'm going to say that that was just not a good quarter on revs, and that's what matters. Craig in Tennessee. Craig. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Yo, what's happening? Second time, long time. There you go. I'm, I'm calling about a transportation company, Jim, that's up 40% in the last six months. In the second half of this year, they're going to split their logistics and their transport divisions. The company is XPO Logistics. And you want to buy it because Brad Jacobs is a genius. He's, he's doubled that stock, a lot of dollars. The dollars have been completely wrong. I thought the last quarter was terrific, and I think that XPO is a buy. Let's go to Steve in my home state of New Jersey. Steve. Hey, Jim. It's been a while, but I've been watching and learning. Thank you. I uh, My stock is BCC, Boise Cascade, and I was wondering... If you think it's a buy at this level. No, I think it's a strong buy. I love wood products. It's one that I shouldn't be I should have been talking about before. You know I like tracks. And and you know I like Azek. Let's throw in Boise Cascade in the mix, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TG Ameritrade. Coming up, could the pandemic recovery mean big bucks from your investments? The charts tell the story when that money returns. I know many of you are worried about what's going on right now. I mean, look, we just had another day with the S&P and the NASDAQ got hit, right? But the Dow held up surprisingly well. So you probably want to know, well, what does this mean? Where's the market headed? We're still in a period of uncertainty right now, even as the vaccination rollout has improved dramatically. And when the future is uncertain, well, you know what we have to do? We have to lean on the charts unemotionally. So tonight, and I just am so thrilled again, we've got Larry Williams. He's helping us, the legendary technician. Trading stocks, futures, and commodities since I was a kid. Not to mention writing more than a dozen books and creating a slew of indicators that we use all the time here. Ever since the pandemic got rolling, Williams has repeatedly knocked it out of the park. He's probably been our strongest of any of the people we rely on. And when it comes to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, he thinks it's got more room to run. 
at least for the moment. Remember, the Dow's heavily tilted toward reopening place, stocks that will do better when we go back to normal. I want you to check out this daily chart. This is Williams loves to make forecasts based on all sorts of cycles. The red line, it shows you his yearly cycles forecast for the Dow. These projections aren't perfect. Historically, while well, they're about as accurate as weather reports, but they, come on, sometimes they, they work. Actually, most of the time they work. And what does this forecast tell you? It tells you when a security is likely to change direction. So we're looking for peaks and troughs here. With the Dow, Williams cycle forecast tells him it's late, likely to peak in late April. Okay, or early May. And then we start going down. In other words, he thinks we could have a couple more months of this kind of upside. But you have to be prepared for it to end. And we always are here on Mad Money. We always know that corrections occur. Now, let's zoom out and look at the Dow going back to 2018. When Williams looks at the pattern of highs and lows, he sees a clear trend. You typically get a significant buying opportunity every 240 days. Look at the red line. The red line's the cycle, okay? When it peaks, you often see a peak in the Dow, although that doesn't always produce a substantial decline. At best, though, prices tend to stagnate until the cycle runs its course and we reach the next low. Based on history, Williams thinks we're going to start seeing some selling pressure again around April. Right here. All right. But that should pave the way for a terrific buying opportunity in mid-July. So don't fret. I mean, this is what I was talking about at the top of the show, like pain, pain, pain. Can you take pain? Because there may be gain. But I understand many people just want to trade in and out. And I'm, I'm not against that. All right. Now, there's another reason he's bullish in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It has to do with a different pattern. One we've mentioned before. It's the linkage, the uncanny linkage with oil prices. Williams believes oil is a leading indicator for the stock market. And many of you do, too. Based on his historical analysis, strong oil prices tend to translate into higher stock prices about three and a half years down the line. So I want you to check out this chart of the Dow from 2010 through 2014. The red line is the price of oil pushed forward roughly three and a half years. It's almost uncanny, right, how close the Dow follows it higher? Can you believe that? You can see the exact same pattern from 2014 through 2018. If you're thinking that it's too crazy to be true, believe me, I get it. We know the oil market's tightly linked to the economy, but that doesn't explain why the price of oil in 2017 seems to control the price of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 2021, but it does. All right, we can try to come up with some explanations. Maybe a sustained oil rally is an early sign of strength. It takes, you, uh, it takes years to spread through the whole economy. Oh, at the end of the day, the why doesn't matter. though. We know the pattern exists, and we know it's been incredibly reliable for the last decade. So what's that pattern mean right now? Take a look. If this linkage, continu- linkage continues to hold, and it's been holding for a decade now. That means the Dow has more upside. Sure, you see the same signs of peak. Again, we're worried about this April peak, okay? Um, but the oil linkage says that the peak won't produce substantial declines and will be able to bounce back pretty quickly. Look, I look at oil every morning. It's incredible. You can get up at 4 a.m. and look at oil. And, you, and it'll say, oil's up. It could be okay day. And it worked today. Oil was up a buck ninety. And I said, okay, the market looks down, but the Dow, won't, the Dow will not go down because of oil. Bingo. Oil goes up. Dow goes up. Now, speaking of oil, Williams sees another cycle playing out here. When you push the price of crude forward about 500 days, it tends to break the action in the airline stocks. Take a gander at the chart of the Dow. By the way, I, he recommended American at 12, so stop snickering. Take a look at the airline index. Again, the linkage with oil is almost eerie. If the pattern holds, it means the airline stocks can soar now through late April. Now, very few people are thinking about that. After that, Williams expects some consolidation, followed by a strong rally near the end of the year. You know me, I like Southwest best. As someone who watches oil like a hawk, I have to admit that this is so spot on that you can see it play out all day. 
provided you're looking at the reopening stocks, though, because this is not a chart of how well Twilio or Teladoc's going to do, okay? And if you think it is, you got the wrong stocks on your screen, bottom line. Ever since the pandemic got rolling, Larry Williams has had an unbelievable track record. Unbelievable. And right now, this chart works just the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the airlines. Textbook reopening stocks, as I said at the top of the show, could have a nice run over the next couple of months before they take a breather and then come roaring back at some point in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised if he's right. I got to tell you, I find this stuff fascinating. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Man Money. I'm Jim Kramer. I'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.